Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Matt Tom with 86 Baits. Uh, Matt, Matt through Instagram. I just was uh, checking out his uh, uh, Instagram page and he posted a story about a hardcore band that I liked. It was a show he went to in San Diego, I think. And we kind of went back and forth and uh, I said, hey, you want to come on and talk about your baits? He said, all right. So it's a fun episode. You guys will like it. Uh, we do a lot of fucking around, a lot of cussing as usual and uh, beer drinking. And yeah, it was fun. Uh, this week we'll have a bonus episode. So I'm going to try to do one bonus episode a month. And this one is going to be a good one. You guys will like it, especially you offshore guys. This guy's funny. And give us five stars on iTunes if you can. I'd really appreciate that. Leave a review if you can, whatever you want. Just give us five stars. Appreciate it. And that's about it. Thanks guys for listening. Shit, like, like two inches from your mouth just why you like it bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah just bring it like that no that one that one yeah you could move it towards you whatever you want to do closer good no closer bring the mic closer good it's got to be like that far away from your mouth now if you want to lean back just bring it with you okay like whatever you want to do oh man so let's talk about uh, your baits, bro. Okay. Well, let's talk about like uh, you grew up in Apple Valley. Apple Valley. Yep. Bass fishing? No, not much. Um, no. Most of my fishing early on in life was done in the Eastern Sierras, fly okay. fishing with my dad and my brother. Okay. Yeah. And you grew up that, when did you move down this way? As so, you got older? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I graduated from high school in 04 and I... <clears throat> Just trying to make the music thing work, you know. Were you playing in bands? Yeah. What was the name of your band, bro? The first one, first hardcore one, Bleeding Hearts. Bleeding Hearts. Do you remember uh, Bonded by Blood, Bound by Blood? It and sounds Gabe, familiar. Gabe, he lived in Redlands. Sounds familiar. Um, Let's see. So you know the guys from Hesperia? Tons of them, yeah. Okay, do you know uh, Danny, the twins? The twins. Pitbull Dan? Mm-mm. You got to know Pitbull Dan. They're FSU guys. Mm-mm, I don't. I'm from Hesperia, dude. They were in Donnybrook. No, I yeah. don't know them. Never met them, I don't think, anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, because Apple Valley is kind of out that way. What was that club out there? There was a few. There was the Tropicana. That was in Barstow, though. And then 
there was a ranch out in Apple Valley off a of deep creek. That's where that's, everyone I played. I think that's the one. It was Tweakerville, kind of. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. <laughs> so you were playing in bands and trying to like make it a deal. Yeah, I mean that's always what I wanted to do. You what know, do you, what do you play? Uh, originally guitar. Later on in life, picked up the bass and then back to guitar. But oh, now we're talking bass, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole time were you fishing? <clears throat> yeah, um, mostly. Fly fishing, like Fly I said. Fly fishing, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've bass fished my entire life here and there, but not, I didn't take it very seriously. Um, and then, you know, the college thing wasn't working out for me, regular college. And my dad sat down with me one day. He's like, you got to figure something out. And I knew of a hardcore band from Orange County that had a lot of uh, hairdressers in it, two of them. And um, Let me so, guess. Javier? That'd be him. What band did you play? Mistake? No, uh, the Hands of Glory. You played in that band? Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking Javier, dude. That's so funny. This is going to be a funny hardcore podcast. Well, this part, too, is like... <laughs> so, I uh, told my dad I was I thought I wanted to do hair for a living. And uh, <clears throat> I went to... Oh, you did hair? Yeah, I still do. You're a hairdresser? Yes, sir. Did you know that I used to own a hair salon? I didn't. Javier knows that too. Jesus, how many things in common are we going to have? I don't know, man. Maybe we should touch tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's a funny little backstory. When this studio was being built, my wife's hair salon was being built. So we were, it was right in La Habra. So it. we were building the hair salon when he was building the studio, Nick. So he helped me and I helped him kind of like do electrical and shit. Um, yeah, my wife's been doing hair for like fucking 15, 20 years, 15 years. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting year 14. No way, dude. Yep. Fuck. Where so, do you work at? Uh, I'm a director at Bellis Academy in San Diego. And we Oh, have, you teach? I don't teach anymore. Um, you did teach. I'm managing the schools now. Yeah, I did no, teach that's for a long time. sick, dude. Yeah. So, but when I was trying to figure this thing out, I went and I was touring schools and I looked at one in San Diego and I walked in and lo and behold, there's Javier Van Hus as an educator there. And I'm like, this is where I need to go. And, um, so that's how we became friends and that's how the hands of glory started. And, um, along, I guess the years, um, that's where I met my wife at hair school as well. Does she do hair too? Uh, not anymore. She did for a little while, but it's, it's kind of hard to make a living with two hairdresser salaries. Right. Um, so. Which is like a key point because like my wife only works two days a week because having three boys is like fucking i'm sure you know like you can't have your wife working hairdresser style it's like a commission well not a commission but it's like it could hit and miss definitely you're paying rental for booth whatever the fuck you know you pay yeah and i mean you get out whatever you put into it you know i was working 12 13 hour days for years just trying to build a clientele and um I knew I always wanted to be an educator. I, I watch Hav and other friends of mine teach, and it just looked like a lot of fun. Um, but so back to fishing. Let me think here. Oh yeah, so that's where I met my wife, and um, you moved it. You were working in San Diego. Yep. Okay. And um, her brother and her dad big in saltwater fishing, and um, so I went on vacation with them once, and my father-in-law was throwing these little swim baits in uh, Oceanside Harbor. And I was like, that's never going to work. And uh, <laughs> that's just not going to work. And um, 
I pitched out one that he tied on for me and I caught one on the first cast and continued to catch him the entire time. And I was just so stoked about it, you know, it triggered, um, it triggered like your fishing back up everything. Yeah, man. I mean, I just, that's all I wanted to do after I, I had that one experience. I was hooked. And so it went from that to calico fishing with my buddy Bryden and, um, we'd go out as often as we could. And that's still probably my favorite fish to catch. Calico. Yeah. Um, but, you do a lot of fishing in Oceanside though? Uh, not anymore. No, because I'm in Marietta now. You know, what do you, where do you fish usually? Uh, Lake Skinner, Diamond Valley, okay. Paris. Oh, so you don't do much. You, you lived in Oceanside for a minute. I didn't live there. That's, I'm sorry. You that, lived. That's the, where we went on vacation. Okay. Um, but I would fish out of, uh, Mission Bay okay. and San Diego Bay. All right. Um, and so, <clears throat> but when I was out fishing for these calicos, I'd throw these big MC swim baits on war baits heads and, um, it worked out really well. I loved it. And my buddy Bryden, who I was fishing with a lot in the salt, went on, he went to visit his sister in Minnesota and he came back. And when he was there, he was fishing for largemouth bass. And he's like, you got to try this out. And so we went to Hodges one day and uh, I think what we were doing was drop shotting. And it's my main technique. Right. (laughs) I mean, it produces, so. Um, But we caught like four or five fish each within a few hours before we had to go to work. And so that changed how I looked at bass fishing, you know. Um, And then you fast forward a few years, and we had gotten into tournament fishing. Um, We we were in a, a San Diego bass club, and we were doing tournaments once a month. And that's the route I was going to go originally. Do you want um, to be a tournament fisherman? I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's it. You know, the goal is to get a boat and, you know, get sponsors. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, the whole thing. And April of 2014. Yeah, that's right. 2014. Um, my first kid came. And before she came, me and my wife had these conversations about, like, how fishing was going to go. Because I was gone pretty much every weekend, all weekend fishing. And I can't wait to hear this. Well, we came up with a plan. I'm like, I have to be able to get out on the water at least once a week. And then I'm going to do the tournament thing still. Cause I just got myself a boat. And then Avery was born and the first tournament came and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, what kind of boat did you buy? If you don't mind me asking, or did you have, it's a, I still have, it. it's a 2004 nitro, not nitro sorry nitro owns um champion no well nitro and tracker are the same company and so tracker is the main owner so it's a tracker avalanche it looks like a fiberglass boat but it's actually pressed aluminum really and so tracker stopped making them i think in 2006 because they were selling so many of them they stopped selling the nitros they just weren't selling anymore no way yeah because they're bulletproof um, I was really lucky to find this one. I got a great deal and I got it from a tournament fisherman out in Hemet. So, um, but yeah, so when I had, when we had Avery, I just didn't want to be gone every weekend. I wanted to be home, you know, and I could, I could definitely relate to that. That was like when I had my first son and I was playing in hardcore bands, I said, fuck playing in this band. I don't want to play it no more. It's the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I could, I could definitely re- relate to that and that that same sense now this fucking guy's bigger than me and i don't 
want to choke them out most of the time, but right. <laughs> you know, but I, I get what you're saying. Your, your first kid, it's like, you never want to be gone from them, dude. Yeah. It was weird. I mean, if, uh, if you said that I was going to make that choice before we had her, I'd been like, no, that's not going to happen. But, <laughs> um, so I had a lot of free time, you know, nap time and, uh, you know, tummy time, all those things. And I had a block of basswood in my garage and one day I picked it up and I just started whittling away. And that was almost six years ago now. And <clears throat> 86 Bates was born, you know. It's turned into something that I never would have imagined. But. Which is a cool story to hear. You're a hairdresser. I mean, you do hair. Yep. And you fucking carve Bates. Like, it's it's a cool fucking story. Like It's all the same. You know? I mean, if you ask me, like, hair's a fabric, wood's a fabric, everything has three dimensions you know it's essentially the but same i guess thing. in fishing how many dudes are you gonna find that do hair oh not many i don't okay, i only but, know one but in hardcore i'll find fucking 25 of them tons of them so it's a different story like where you won't you won't meet i'm not shocked by that at all because i know a million dudes that do hair but if you're fishing and you go like oh, i do hair for a living i do women's hair people would probably be like are you fucking kidding me it's a little different, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, is it not true? I mean, really, like you know, right? You would never think that. I don't. It doesn't shock me one fucking bit. Like, I okay, cool. Usually, when a dude goes, yeah, I listen to all these bands. I'll be like, all right, what do they do? Are they graphic designer? Do they do hair? Do they, you know, an Orange County guy, especially because a lot of them did hair. Yep. You know, so I mean, uh, it's cool to hear like you. You just kind of said, hey, I'm going to carve a fucking bait. Um, when you carve that first bait, where did you look for information on the internet? Um, <clears throat> most of my information first came from, uh, undergrounds and, uh, the grassroots section, I think it is. Okay. Um, and it's just a bunch of dudes kind of throwing around questions. What, what material do you use for this? Um, like how do you ballast this or, you know, whatever. Um, so that, and I think the first time I got interested in making baits, I was watching a show called Hunt for Big Fish with Larry Dahlberg. Mm -hmm. um, and he was working with Alumalite. And so it kind of shows you step-by-step step how to use resin and silicone and all these things. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of how it all got started. But a lot of my information came from Swimbait Underground originally because those were the big bait dudes, right? And that's uh, there were a lot of bait makers actually that were born from that grassroots section. And it's cool because, uh, I mean, if you guys listen back to podcast, we had Chris talk about people that kind of grew from the, the form. Yep. And you're one of those guys. Yep. Definitely. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so when you first started, uh, are, do you paint them too? I do. Yep. Airbrush everything. Yep. What kind of clear do you like to use on the bait? Uh, I use, I've been using a, a rattle can from spray max. A, is it an epoxy, like a two-part epoxy? Yeah, you break okay. the that little canister on the yeah. inside, and, and it works pretty good. Um, I've <clears> I've <throat> dabbled in some other airbrush uh, epoxies or clear coats, and um, one day I just got sick of destroying all my guns, you know. And so this stuff's pretty <laughs> bulletproof. I like it a lot. It works good. And do you uh, do you do them? Um, uh, the, the carving's pretty like you, you do a lot of carving to your bait. Yeah. Like, I feel scales and stuff, like, there's a lot to it. Right. It's so, a little different than a lot of baits. Like, I've seen, like, for instance, I had Caesar on here. He kind of does a different bait than you, completely different. Yours is, like, a little 
little more like a fish, an actual fish. That's the goal, right? anyway. Yeah. yeah, with um, with my style of bait. Um, originally, I was hand carving everything. Right, you know, mm-hmm. you have to try to balance it, and um, I mean, nature's imperfect, so that's okay. But I was talking to Andrew Hinkle one day, and he was telling me that I should start over, carve a new a new master, but only do one half. He's like, you should get it scanned and then uh, reverse engineered, and then you'll have a perfect model, and it, you'll have all the detail from your hand carving. And I'd never thought about that before, um, but it changed everything for me because now I have you know like 15, 20 different models that I can offer that are at the click of a button, um, whereas before I'd be hand carving each each one. And I don't understand. I'm sorry. So you had one, yeah, you sent into the person to have it reverse engineered. Yeah. So I carved one side perfectly, right? Oh, okay. And okay. Okay. They scanned that and then they just reverse engineered it. So they mirrored it on the other side. Okay. Um, and then he gives me a file and okay. the other part of 86 baits is my cousin, Chris Feely. Um, he's an engineer, so he knows how to run all those programs. And so we kind of go back and forth on what ideas would work and like maybe we should cut here or here and this should be a straight joint and not this type of joint and um it's been a huge blessing because it i can get baits out a lot faster whereas before it was just all trial and error you know yeah so so do you do everything uh do you is it like it's still poured everything's still poured the same way yep okay yeah so but you have like 15 different molds that you do for for certain baits exactly okay yeah and each one of those will come out perfectly balanced and even you know the same thing that's on the or the whatever's on the right side will be on the left side exactly that's that's really cool i never even thought about that yeah a lot of guys (laughs) are doing it now Um, is it is it a big thing yeah who does it for you is it row that does it uh no i've talked to jake a couple of times but um I used one of Andrew Hinkle's friends okay. uh, to get the scanning done, but yeah. all, all of the, the 3D work is done by my cousin, Chris. He flips the image? He cuts them. He expands oh, okay. them. He shrinks them. You know, whatever I need to Wow, have. dude. That's sick. It is, because it's free. <laughs> <laughs> that's he, even better, right? It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> and he loves to help out. Um, and he's actually working on some baits of his own right now that are pretty cool i've never seen anything like them so those will be coming out pretty soon Damn. do you use uh screws to uh make your uh hinges or do you use like a, a twisted stainless uh screw eyes yeah screw, screw eyes, eyes okay. and pin okay yeah system for everything so far um but you know i'm waiting for that one innovative idea to come to me something that nobody's seen something that's different that's tough because there are so many baits out there you know and you've seen it evolve over the last six years oh yeah i mean when did you start like uh gaining some traction maybe you know like because you've been doing it for a minute so you kind of saw the whole instagram thing come about um you know what i'm saying yeah um so let me think here i got an i got an instagram because people were telling me that i needed i needed to show my baits off i never had one i didn't have facebook either um, it's not really my thing, but so, so hardcore, bro. I guess so. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just like, <laughs> I would see all these people with their face down in their phone, walking across the street, not knowing if they're going to get true. hit by a car and just like, man, wake up, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, it's changed a lot. There's a lot more people making baits now, you know? Um, 
I think my third year in, I had, I was on my second version of my shad glide and, uh, my buddy Trevor, he's, he's, uh, one of the reasons that 86 is so successful because at the time he was fishing three or four times a week and I could give him a bait and he could go out and tell me if it was going to, if it was working or if it wasn't, what changes I would have to make. Um, and he was like, you should probably make your own like 86 baits account. And so I did that. I got rid of my personal account. Um, <clears throat> does he, does he like a buddy that lived by you or somebody he grew up with? Yeah. He lives, um, maybe 10 minutes from me. I, I didn't grow up with him. I met him on underground as well. Okay. Uh, I bought a bait from him off the black market and he happened to be in the area. I was like, do you want to meet up and just grab a beer and then I'll grab the bait from you. And then from there it turned into a, a friendship. You know, he's one of my closest friends. That's cool, man. Um, and his whole family fishes. I, <laughs> I took my dad on a vacation last year and I was at a spot right before Bishop, and I see this guy get out of the car. He's got this really weird dorky hat on. I knew immediately <laughs> it was Trevor's dad. Just <laughs> randomly ran into him. But oh, um, that's funny, dude. <laughs> but I guess I guess that's about when '86 started to get some real traction. And I think the biggest point for me was when underground asked if i want to do a collaboration with them because how, how what year was that the first because you've done a couple right that was 2018 yeah okay. i've done two of them that was 2018 so were you like what the fuck i was actually yeah um you know i remember kind of going through you look at all the pages nation underground um universe all of them but underground to me was always like the one you know that was the the model and i got that message and i was like wow, this is crazy, you know? And I only, I think the first one was 22 baits only, and they sold out in like a minute and a half or something. And that was a huge deal. How long did it take you to make those baits? <clears throat> Maybe three or four months. I mean, it took a long time because I, I commute from Marietta to San Diego to go work. Um, I have, if I'm lucky on the weekends, maybe five or six hours where I can work on baits, you know, kids, wife, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And those wives are getting the fucking way dude <laughs> i'm just fucking no i know she was like she was talking to me before i was coming in here and she's like i better get a shout out i'm like you will because there's no way like if she wasn't watching those kids i wouldn't be right what do you think what's happening right now dude exactly you think i'm for my mom's my fucking wife's at home watching all the boys and then when you get there too you're exhausted and they're like i'm done see you later you know it's your turn but um, right that's the worst part yeah <laughs> It's crazy, man. But I appreciate it, though. She, uh, 86 is impossible without my wife. But um, so I did that release with uh, Swimming Underground. And then, you know, the follower, I got all these followers and um, a ton of fan base. And people asked me when the next release was going to come. And the Glide Bait, it's been through three different carvings. And wow. I can't tell you how many different molds, even on the third version, until we finally got it right. And so I released it for the first time this year with Swimbait Underground uh, just about a month ago. And we did 50 baits, and those sold out in like 20 or 30 seconds. And the fuck? Dude? I couldn't believe it. I mean, I still can't believe it. Man. <laughs> now, how long did those 50 baits take you? Was it quicker? No. It, I mean, the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It could have been quicker, I think, if I wasn't working so much this year. Like career working, you know. Um, But... No, that took quite a while. It took a long time. There, there were some pieces that we were working out because that one, uh, they're not painted. Even though it, it looks like a wrap kind of, but it's not a wrap. It's something different that I've been working on with Underground. And um, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's going to transform the did way. You, that did you sell it with me. that that design on it? Mm-hmm. What you're talking about? Yep. But it's something new. I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a <clears> lot of guys doing it. Can you uh, talk about it? Or is it kind of like hush know, hush until like? Someone releases it. I think so. Okay. Um, you know, this is something that I've been working on with Chris Purcell for quite a while, and it took a while to get it right, but we did, and I think we nailed it. Um, and it's going to transform the way that I'm making baits, I think. It's going to streamline the process quite a bit. Make it a lot quicker. I think yeah. so, yeah. That's fucking sick, dude. Yeah, man. I want to know now. <laughs> Listeners want to know, bro. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Call hardcore Chris. <laughs> Oh fuck, dude! So I mean, it's been so since 2014 till now. You're kind of like that's how long you've been making beats. Yep. You've done two with Swimming Underground. Yep. How much have your sales gone up since the first one released? Like, have has it been a big demand or? Yeah, I mean, the demand has been there since the first, like a lot of demand since the first Swimming Underground release. Um, but my circumstances haven't changed. You know, I got. I had a different position at work. I moved up. And so uh, along with that, more workload, more hours, all those things. Um, So I appreciate having the demand, but I can only make them the hours that I have on the weekends, you know? So, but I'm still working on them. I'm working on a new wake bait right now, pouring them. And so hopefully be painting in the next two weeks. What's your uh, biggest fish you've caught on some, or people have caught even on your, on your baits? So I got a buddy from San Diego that's, his name's Dean. Um, He's got a nine and some change on my second version of the Glide Shad. And my buddy Mike from Fishwell, I don't know if you've heard of Fishwell. Mm -mm. Um, He's got an eight and some change, and I forget. It was a San Diego lake as well. Wow. Um, And then I got a buddy, Chad, that was out in Texas. He recently moved, but he had an eight and a nine on my multi-joint. Um. And I've seen some decent fish. There's an eight that came from Florida. There's a guy from Florida that, I mean, every time he goes out, he sticks a giant for the most part. You'll, he's been in the Bassmaster magazine no a way. few times at the very end. They have all those big fish from all over the country. And I, I just got a, a magazine in this week, and he's in there with an 11-pounder on a UFO bait. Oh, uh, i seen that. What's the guy's name? Uh- Brian Vaughn. Uh, white dude wears gla- glasses yeah yeah bass bass 68 is his yeah name yeah 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 instagram yeah he's a do stick. you talk to the ufo bait guy and you like talk to the other bait makers 
yeah as much as i can i mean yeah um i try to anyway it's a community and i want to keep it that way hopefully um i was just talking to ufo the other day he's got a daughter around the same age as my oldest so we were talking about getting them together to go fishing yeah Um, that's cool man. so maybe in the next few weeks and um, I saw Andrew Hinkle a couple weeks ago. We went and watched the Ohio State versus Clemson game. Um, yeah, I love hanging out with everyone in the industry. You know? Yeah. What's your uh, local lake you like to fish? Skinner? Mine's Skinner, yeah. Mainly convenience. You know, it's 10 minutes from my house. So. Do you take the boat and go? Usually, yeah. I haven't been out there in a while, <clears throat> but usually. Do you know the guys at the dock? I think it's Tyler. I and, don't. And uh, Frank. Yeah, I don't talk to them very often. And they're yeah. super fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I went there like a month ago. Okay. I went there and I went with this guy, uh, uh, Jose from Save on Tackle, Big Bait Junkie. Oh, yep, yep. And he caught like a fucking nineteen pounder striper on my boat. Oh, really? <laughs> Piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was There's like, some man. giants in there, man. Dude, I couldn't believe it. Like it was fucking huge. Yeah. I think, what was it on? It was on a Nate's bait. Night. Was it? I think so. I'm wow. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an eight, eight inch and eight spade, I think. Uh, it was fucking big. I couldn't believe it. When I saw it, I was like, fuck, that's the biggest freshwater fish I've ever seen on my boat. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, there's, I've caught some really good stripers. My best swim bait fishing day ever. <clears throat> <clears throat> One of the first swim baits I bought was uh, that Spro. It's like a. The BBZ? Yes, that one. Which one was it? The Zero? It was six inch. Trout colored. I don't remember, man. I, I bought two of them. I bought a floater and a slow sink. And me and my friend Blake were out there, and we rented a boat. I didn't have a boat at the time. And we were at the inlet. The water's coming in. And it it looked like um, you see on fishing TV shows, tuna busting on bait. Yeah. The whole area was just covered Fuck, in stripers. Dude. And you'd see these, these bait fish coming down the inlet, and then they'd dump into the lake, and it would turn back on. And so every single cast, we were hooking up on those BBZs. And uh, they were like any, anywhere in between 6 and 10 pounds. It was a solid fish. Um, and I, I remember I cast it off the floating one, and I was watching it come back down. I'm like, oh, we're going to get it. And then a striper came up and took it. <laughs> <laughs> but You eat those fuckers or no? No, I don't. No. No. No, I... It, most of the fish, I guess, that I eat these days are whatever the Purcells give me because they're out all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know? dude, his brother's like the big tuna guy, right? Yeah, and their dad. Yeah, yeah. Do you hunt too or no? I don't. No. no. I, I've not really had the opportunity, I guess. I mean, I would, but I just have never been. Got to find the time, huh? Yeah. You have a boy and a girl or just a boy? Two or girls. Just a, two girls. Oh, two wow. Two girls, Avery it. and Sophie. Wow, dude. Yeah, that was it. Did you, you cut know. it? You cut? You cut the gates already? Yep, I did. I got to do that this year. I'm gonna be fucked. It was the worst. <laughs> Don't tell me that, the bro. The worst. Dude. Really? Yep. Dude, I heard it's easy. I feel. I heard it feels like a rubber band now. Bam, done. <clears throat> Unless I, I don't know. Why it was the worst for me? The process afterward is fine. It's before the anticipation. <laughs> really? And then the two shots they give you in to, your nuts to numb you. Yes. Oh my god! I don't even want to think about it, dude. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I don't. I don't smoke ever, but I. They don't give you anything. You go in. You're awake the whole time, and so I did that day before you went in. Yeah, and I walked in. I was like, "Let's fucking do this, dude. I'm ready." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to do that too. That's too. That's cool. You didn't want a boy. I did. Um, when I had my first girl, I mean, that's all I wanted, right? That was, yeah, yeah. I want a fishing buddy and 
uh, somebody to teach the guitar to and all these things. I have all these band shirts I've been saving since <laughs> I was in high school for him, you know? Like what? Uh, Let me hear. I mean, you name it. Disembodied, oh, cave-in, integrity. Oh, shit. Um, all the West Coast. I mean, pretty much every West Coast band that played, anytime they played, 18 Visions, Bleeding Through. Um, some of my favorite ones are Hemsa t-shirts. Hemsa? Fuck, you're going deep, bro. Dude, I mean, all that good stuff. And I still have them all. Show of hands. You weren't a, you weren't a big posy guy, huh? You didn't like... Not much. You liked the heavy, like, uh, I can tell because I'm like, the shit that I also like was like, uh, Buried Alive. I love Buried Alive. I love, uh, show of hands, I loved, um, Carry On. Well, oh, I knew yeah. I'm buddies with Corey. Yeah. I was in a band with fucking Corey, so it was like, yeah, he's... he's uh, with TJ Hooker, Todd Jones. I've been, I'm fucking, oh, yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, so I had all this stuff. And then, you know, we decided we were going to have a kid. And we found out it was a girl. And at first I was bummed. I was like, ah, really? Man. Yeah, a little bit. Just, yeah. Um, I grew up with a brother. And me and my dad and him did everything together, you know. <clears throat> and then when we had her, I was like, I'm super stoked to have another girl. You know, that's what I want now so that they can have the same thing me and my brother did growing up. Um, and nothing's changed, man. Um, my Avery, she loved, and Sophie, actually, both of them, they love heavy music. <laughs> Sophie's favorite is Slayer. Um, and my oldest one, right now, she's really into August Burns Red. Um, but, and then they love to fish. I mean, if... Oh, that's even better. If there's one thing that's that they want to do. That's one thing that's neutral is you, you don't need to be a boy or a girl. Like, anyone can fish. So it's like, a yeah. girl can, they can fish with you all the time. It doesn't fucking matter. They love Look it, Look at man. Ben Seacrest, man. You know who Ben Seacrest is? Sounds familiar. He's a, like a huge Calico guy. Like, he's one of the OG. He's like worked for AFCO, like all kinds of companies. Okay. He has two daughters that fish with him that are, I think, like really good anglers. Yeah. Bobby Martinez, same thing, his daughters. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. It doesn't matter. Fishing's fishing, you know? Yeah, and they love it, man. They're, yeah. they're super stoked on their pink baits that I make them. You know, that's oh, they, do you make them a pink bait? Pink and glitter and all I, this I, stuff. Who had the... Did you have the video or UFO baits had him and his daughter? That was that was UFO. Dude, that's a sick video. Yeah. Where his daughter's catching the bait, the fish on the bait. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, she's casting. She's doing it all. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to that same spot. Oh, really? And take our kids, yeah. Oh, that'd be fun, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I saw that video. I'm like, fuck, that's what it's all about right there. It's so yeah. cool, man. I, yeah. I sent it to so many people like, dude, check this out. This is amazing. Um, but yeah, so I did want a boy and then I'm just super stoked on my two girls. You know, I wouldn't change any of it. Um, but that was it. Yeah. You think about like future two college tuitions and two weddings. Hopefully those will be the only two, you know? <sighs> Hopefully the dick. I hear you. I got I got a fifteen, nine, and a two year old. I got them spread out like a fuck. Jeez, man. Right? Hands full. Do you know who's the worst? No, I don't. Fifteen. Really? He's supposed to be the helping hand. He's helping his <laughs> hand in his pants. <laughs> no, he's he's a he's he's a. He's a good-looking, tall boy, and he's he gets he's he's a handful. Knock before you enter. Just remember that. Good lord, <laughs> he's gonna be so mad. We hear this. I call him. I bang on the bathroom door. I go, "What's up, master? 
what's up, master? And he's like, what are you talking about? Master Bader. <laughs> and, then, and then my nine-year-old will see him and bang on the drum and go, hey, master. And I'm like, dude. Does he know what's going on? He doesn't know. He's just yelling it at him. I'm like, dude, you don't even fucking know. You know, like. But that's the fun. I guess my wife wanted a girl. So, like, we're all boys. So, it's like everything's shit, farts, you know, like hitting each other in the dick, kind of like boy shit, you know? Oh, yeah, I do. My So, my mom. You know, I mean, you have fucking, think about it, having another brother. It's like even crazier, you know, like. My mom got uh, remarried. Oh, I was probably 12 or 13, something like that, mm-hmm. I think. Um but he had two boys our age. So four boys. Oh, fuck me. All dude. the same age. Lived together. Lived together. Oh, my God. Fist fights. I Would mean, you fight? Guys fight each other? like All the time. Fuck, All the man. time. And back then it was like, you know, this is cool. Now you look at my stepbrothers and they're monsters. And Are they? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much all of my family is law enforcement now. <laughs> oh, and they're all huge and very aggressive and yeah so i just i just sit down and take it now <laughs> just walk away huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude that's fucking wild dude yeah i'm law enforcement that's what my middle one wants to do oh yeah 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 I, who knows if he's gonna fucking do it but yeah that's my cool. older one plays uh drums yeah. oh really i have a video of me and him playing a first blood song when he was 10 wow uh next time i see you, you're dead and then uh, I have him playing a Carry On song. I have him playing two Pantera songs. His first recital was Cowboys from Hell when he was 10. And then uh, <clears throat> now he just plays drumline. So he's he's still really good at drums, but his whole thing's drumline. That's it. It's amazing. And he man. started skating. So like he started like skating a little. I'm like, whatever, whatever you want to do. That's kind of part of it, too. Yeah. You know, music. And I try to like, I don't want to push my music on him because it, it, I want to let him do whatever he wants. He listens to some fucking weird rap mumble shit i don't yeah you know and i'm like oh whatever but then he'll listen to like with his buddies he'll be like hey listen to this band it might be like fucking entombed or some shit like that you know yeah and i'll be like oh cool man yeah you know like there's one you know there we go i'm proud of you (laughs) yeah sometimes i gotta be like yeah i'm kind of proud of you on that one (laughs) yeah every time we get in the car my two i mean as soon as the car turns on dad put on walk Dude, and, I think that's every kid that age favorite song. I don't know, man. It, like my nephew, he's kind of starting to hear it a couple, like a few times, and he's getting into it a little bit. But um, yeah, every time we get in the car, that's what they gotta hear. That's the number one song that we play right now. Dude, I'm not kidding. Like every kid, hey, my old band Donnybrook, we covered that for Halloween. I mean, we had Dave Peters fucking sing it. It sounded like Pantera. Well, yeah. I mean, you hear the new, the newer Throwdown records. Dude. I mean, Haymaker. Haymaker is the best. Well, that's my favorite one. That's my favorite Thank one. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> my favorite one is probably uh, only because uh, uh, I've listened to them from like 2000, my 99 was their first album, Beyond Repair. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it sounds like shit, the album. Like it, it's recorded like shit. Just like I've argued with, I've argued with Hav about uh, Wrench. You heard Wrench? Yeah. So their first album, amazing. Yep. Second album sounds like dog shit, but the music's better. Yep. And he's like, you're, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not. It sounds like fucking shit. I recorded bands before. You ever heard Life or Death? I recorded fucking Life or Death. I yep. fucking know. You know, but me and, but Hav, like, I, we have the same. I like that Queen Anne's Revenge at the beginning with the fucking eerie, eerie, dead man's tail. Oh, yeah. I'm like, fuck, that is so heavy. Yeah, so Martyr, awesome. 
I remember playing, uh, I got to play at Showcase. It was my first band, Hurricane Rana, uh, 12 Tribes. I think it was Poison the Well Martyr. Oh, my God. This was 90, uh, like two, 99, 2000 at Showcase. People were crawling out of there. They weren't walking out. Dude, it was That's fucking, heavy. it was like, I had a video. Uh, you know Zach, Big Zach? Uh, he's the tour manager for Panic at the Disco. No, I don't know. He uh, Hav would know him. Uh, he was he had a video of it. and He gave it to me. I'm like fuck. Now my kids like Panic at the Disco. Like, but it's cool because we went to see him in San Diego at that. What's that big venue down there? Sports Arena. It's like a college, I think. Oh, there's um, the open air theater at SDSU. Yes. Yeah. So we went there, and then he gave us like VIP tickets. So my kids were like, "Oh my god!" Fucking flipped out. It's fucking awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But knowing hardcore dudes is like a biggie. You remember that biggie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you know. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> All those <laughs> dudes. <Derek> Johnson. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> well, fuck, man. This has been a fun fucking time talking about the bait. Yeah, man. Out. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm just this dude making baits in a garage. So I'm like, what am I even doing here? But I appreciate but you no, asking But anyway. <laughs> no, it's more than that. It's more of a, a community like... What Swim Bait Underground does, what you do, you know, like, we're all doing the same fucking thing, something different. Yep. And uh, I just would like to have you on because I, I feel like you did something different. I, it's a cool bait. Awesome, You man, know, like, you. Um, so where can, do you have a website? Do you have Instagram? Where can everyone reach you? Um, everything pretty much goes through Instagram, so it's just 86 baits. Um, all right. I do have a website, but when I have baits or anything available, um, I'll open it up, and then when they're all gone, I close it down until Good I have call. more. Yeah. Yeah. Any so, uh, shirts or anything available yet or now? Uh, those, uh, right, as I was driving over here, the new shirts are uh, being printed right now. So. Okay, so last question. What does 86 baits mean? I was born in 1986. Wow. Um, and growing up, my dad... Like if he had passwords for something, it always involved that. And like, he would tell me this, that, or the other, everything was always 86. Um, <clears throat> and another thing about that is my grandparents, his, his parents owned a Chinese restaurant for 65 years. And whenever they'd run out of something, I'd hear my grandpa scream from the kitchen, 86, this, you know, this, we're out of this. Um, and so, yeah, that's where it came from. It's a cool name, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> thanks again for coming on, man. All right, man. Thanks. Bye.